welcome to the Pink and Ginge podcast. We're just two people sharing stories about what it's like to work in business, marketing and technology. We've been in the business a long time and I've learned our fair share of lessons. I'm Charlotte, CEO of a B2B marketing agency, and I'm with Claire, a senior exec at a large tech company. Everything we say here is our own opinion and not reflective of our companies. Today, it's just the two of us sharing stories about some of the mistakes we've made over the years that have, in turns, embarrassed us, humbled us, and taught us some important lessons. Here we go, recording. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually done this before. No. <laughs> New and exciting experience. Um, well, new experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I know, I'm, I'm my... Uh, Graham, the other director in the business, he always says that he he when he his first job out of school was um, working for a photographer, a fashion photographer in London, and uh, he was like the general dog's body. That he says he always remembers this guy used to say to him, "When you make a mistake, that you you figuratively stand on a chair and you put your hands up and you go, right, yeah, I've made I've made a terrible mistake, but I own it." And here's what I'm going to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's a good approach to mistakes. I always try to do that. Take responsibility. I think you have to because, well, certainly I, like early in career, I'd have been petrified about making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I hate making mistakes. Even now, I absolutely hate I it. But earlier in career, certainly my first, I remember making a mistake in my in one of my first proper jobs and desperately wanting to hide it. But. Yeah, somebody always susses you in the end and and you might as well just own it and, and work out what you're going to do about it and then move on from it. Yeah. Don't grow, do you? No, no, exactly. Although one big mistake I did make, I actually didn't do that. <laughs> Which I'm sort of still embarrassed about, but I was um I was working for a very well known retailer at their head office in London and I had this awful boss was in the buying and merchandising team but more sort of on the stock control side so it was all very numbers based which is not a natural place for me (laughs) and um I had this horrible woman who was my boss and so I looked for another job and I got another job and it was my last day and it was so obviously it was a Friday it was like four in the afternoon and one of my jobs in that role side so you know how they always give you all the dog's body jobs don't because i was 19 so i was really young and um was ordering the office supplies and because this was back in 1990 so it was all done by fax and uh and i needed to order a box of 250 envelopes so i sort of you know f- filled out the form sent it off on the tuesday and then the delivery always came on a friday and I'm at my desk and the phone rings and it's the receptionist who is crying, laughing down the phone and saying, you have to come into reception, but don't tell anyone and don't bring anyone with you. <laughs> so I was like, oh God, what's happened? So I go out into reception and um, so instead of ordering one box of 250 envelopes, I'd put the 250 in the wrong column and there were 250 boxes of envelopes in reception I mean something like 90,000 envelopes <laughs> and, and I was her and I are like laughing silently so that nobody hears us and, and she said to me she's like just go just go just I'll deal with it she said just go so I I snuck back to my desk 
picked up my bags and just said, right, I'm off, everybody. Nice knowing you. Shot out. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'd have done exactly the same, though. That's brilliant. I know. And I often wonder, like, obviously, this awful boss must have thought I did it on purpose, but I so didn't. <laughs> I was too scared of her to, to go back and say, um... You're, you're wondering if uh, if uh, your boss thought um, you did it deliberately. I'm wondering if they've got to the end of the boxes yet. I know. <laughs> Some say they are still using those envelopes today. <laughs> oh my gosh! You, you said about you said about faxes, and um, you just reminded me of one mistake I made in my very first sort of office job. And I'd never used a fax machine before. I didn't even you know know what one was. And somebody showed me how to do it. You know quite quickly and then waltzed off and um i was working for yellow pages at the time oh, and we used to have to fax the the sort of proof copies of the pages to oh, yeah. publishing in scarborough or wherever it was and there'd be a pile of so like hundreds and hundreds of pages and one of my jobs at the time was just to you know fax it and get it off well I stood there for ages a bit bored you know pressing the buttons fax them off great um did it all carried these proof points back and literally as so I was carrying them back to my desk my phone was ringing I picked it up and it was the um, printers in Scarborough basically I hadn't put the paper the right way around so I printed them hundreds of pages of blank <laughs> I don't think I fessed up to that either. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, but it's like everything is so automated now. You know, it's it's sort of. I think mistakes can maybe get a bit bigger. Like I, mm. um, I used to work for a really massive global oil company. Uh, again, this was well, this was the next job after the one I was just talking about, <laughs> and I was I was in the accounts team. Um, and I think this job taught me that accounts and me, they're not natural bedfellows. Um, I'm, I'm certainly much better off in marketing. Um, and um, I used to have to do, so again, this is like 1990, so everything's pretty manual. And, and I used to have to do the intercompany transfers. I mean, thank God they didn't trust me with anything external. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I used to have to sort of reconcile. You remember the computer paper that was like green and white stripes with the oh, yes. perforations down the side? So we used to get those big printouts. And and I used to have to do payroll where um, we had those big tapes. Yeah. And I had I used to get these massive tapes delivered. I don't really remember all the details, but I used to have to once a month, I used to have to stay until three in the morning to record everything on those tapes onto floppy disks. Oh my gosh. You know, like the five and a quarter. <laughs> We're dating ourselves here, but yeah. I know, I know. And um and then the next morning I would then have to do the transfer as instruction to the bank again by fax. Although they did have telex, but I, I wasn't allowed to use that. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh, the payroll was usually around twenty, twenty-five million, something like that. And uh and I, you know, I had one late night, I got home like half three in the morning, back in the office at 9am the next day and um, faxed off the instruction. And then the, my phone, again, my phone rings. I mean, thank God. <laughs> so it was the bank saying, oh, well, we've got this instruction, but it doesn't match what you normally sent. <laughs> and I'd asked them to transfer 250 million, <laughs> 25 million. 
I mean, you imagine if that happened now, that would be quite all automated, wouldn't it? <laughs> I just, can you imagine people's faces if that had gone through? Oh my God. You'd be the most, simultaneously the most popular person in the organisation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe I'd have made a few millionaires. <laughs> my gosh it, it's scary though with the automation piece i remember um uh so i've been in in customer advocacy over 20 years um so this was uh, 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 again sort of earlier in career when i had a, a more sort of general marketing role and we were doing um we were doing invites for events and uh, and bits and pieces like that and oh no it was a mail shop and um, all email um, wasn't really au okay with exactly what I was doing. Um, and I had sent out emails to, to lots of clients and I got a very um, angry email back um, saying, how dare you call me missus? And when I looked, I, it basically hadn't updated. So everyone had had this, exactly the same invite, dear Mr. Smith or, or what have you. So this wonderful experience, that we were offering these customers it was meant to be very personalized and everything else i've committed the ultimate faux so pas by not actually getting their name right not getting their gender right oh, and generally you know aggravating a lot of people and um i actually had to ring up the customer and apologize and it was all okay in the end but i thought oh my gosh and that was just simple press of the button well, that's the danger of letting people who don't quite know what they're doing let loose with these things sometimes oh i know i know i mean data's a nightmare isn't it i mean it still is even even now with all the tools that we have i mean yeah. probably i think this was about 10 years ago we were doing a mail shop for a client and um i had a temp in to help with the data because their data was a mess and i said well the only way we can sort this out is to manually do it because they'd got in their crm it was just oh, it was just shocking and mm. um and unbeknownst to me, this this temp had reached new heights of incompetence that I didn't really think were possible. And it and I learned a big lesson in terms of understanding how to check things, because the problem is with data, unless you know it intimately, it's actually quite hard to troubleshoot mm. because, you you know, there's so many elements to it. And we, we had a similar thing where something well, luckily we stopped it, actually because I was a test and because my name begins with C, I was right near the beginning of the test all right. <laughs> and I was able to spot that it all got screwed up. Mm. But yeah. Data is data's a minefield, isn't it? It's yeah. I mean, you just, you can't take any risks with, with, with data. Can you? you just, that's the one thing you just can't get wrong. Mm. Well, especially at the moment and like with GDPR and, but it just, it just astounds me that we've not, that it's not got better yeah yeah i mean it's that's a little bit out of my out of my world now and, and thankfully people where i work uh now we've got experts in who know what they're doing mm. but yeah i mean the the you just got to be so careful and even well uh what is it they say about you know trust it takes ages to earn but it can be lost overnight and, mm. and you see all the data breaches that come out from you know, we've seen banks, haven't we, and, and all sorts of companies who've got it wrong and the repercussions of that. Um, and what's worse is when you see it in um, in the press where that has there's been an attempt to hide that. Mm. 
what that does to a brand as well you just yeah that honesty thing isn't it that we were talking about you know if you if you just come out and say look hands up we were trying our best but but this happened because it does happen doesn't it yeah yeah I think that there's um uh what I always love most and and, and being in customer advocacy and and you know cutting my teeth with some of the customer experience stuff is is if a company gets it wrong then admitting it and showing what they're going to do right and sometimes that creates your your most loyal advocates Mm, absolutely so there's some brands that um that i can think of that i would never have uh i'd have yeah my initial experiences were not good and that's it i just won't you know use them again but the ones that have come back and said oh we, we we messed up but here you go you know this is yeah it's not about a sort of um uh you know recompense or anything like that but we're really sorry we stuffed up this is what we're going to do don't worry about it and this is what we're going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again I would absolutely use again because I trust them absolutely because it's about ownership isn't it you know and it's it's like and I see this you know sometimes with some of the the younger people and I'm sure I was like that which is why I ran out when all those blessed envelopes arrived Mm. you're scared of owning it you're scared you you know you're scared of what the consequences might be and I think it takes a little while to learn that actually because making a mistake makes you vulnerable doesn't it and but vulnerability is what connects you to other people and 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 I think that's why when an individual or a brand or a brand sort of admits openly yeah you know what we we screwed I mean we have to do it as an agency because we're all humans we make mistakes and and I get obviously the frustration that that causes the customer because you don't nobody likes for things to go wrong because the customer also has a boss and you know a company to be accountable to yeah but I do find definitely the best policy is just to be like I will always step up and take responsibility no matter who in the business it is that that makes the mistake Mm. you know for me that's like well I'm the the buck stops here Mm. um and I just and people you're right people do appreciate it don't they they yeah they they appreciate the honesty some people don't Mm. um and we tend not to work with those people for very long (laughs) (laughs) Do, do you find it's to do with it's often to do with the culture that you set a club if you if that's your culture and you're you're you know you said that the the buck stops here then that creates an environment where your your colleagues and your employees can turn around and say well actually you know this has happened rather than hide it because they're worried about the repercussions i mm. think this is a lot about the culture doesn't it mm, yes it, yeah you're right i think you're right i think and and the converse is true, isn't it? All the inverse is true. And that if if there's a culture of blame rather than fix, um, I saw a cartoon. I think it was just yesterday, actually, on Reddit, and it and it said it had two pictures. I think they're called memes now, aren't they? Not cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're dating ourselves, but yeah. <laughs> my kids right now are all coming out in a rash. Like, oh my god, mother. Um, but it was two. It was the same set of people all sat around like a boardroom table yeah and uh and it said culture one and that obviously something had gone wrong and the boss was like you know uh, who made the mistake who can we blame and the second one was more like well what caused what caused the mistake and what process do we need to fix 
Yeah. And I thought that it's so true, isn't it? It's that yeah, different approach because we we tend to avoid companies and cultures that don't match our own as an agency. Yeah. Which because you, you soon see even during the the pitch process what the culture is like and what the people are like. I I think that's I think that's really really um, interesting, especially from an agency perspective. Mm. Um, I do the same from an employee perspective. Yeah. I I either wouldn't work for or I wouldn't stay long in a culture that I couldn't thrive in. And mm. you know, I've um, my stripes over the years. I, I'm able to do that. It's mm. perhaps a bit difficult if you're starting out and and you want. You know, I've taken jobs where I knew it wouldn't be a great cultural fit, but you know, I needed to progress my career or exactly earn some money or, or whatever that might be. But but certainly now I would never join a company that I didn't feel I was a good match for. And part of that is around the mistake making process because I've had the most growth when I've made mistakes. Yeah. And I hate making mistakes. I absolutely hate making mistakes. But I've also learned over the years to try and embrace them a bit because that's all part of you know, growth, it's all part of, you know, having a healthy mindset. And and if you never make mistakes, you're not innovating, are you? No, you're just exactly. You're the same old stuff. And from an agency perspective, I bet that's, uh, that's critical, isn't it? It is really critical. And, and there's, do you know what, there's a great book called Black Box Thinking by a chap called Matthew Said. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it talks about that. So it, because you know how, um, when an airplane or any sort of aircraft has a black box, which is where the title comes from and it records everything. Mm. And in, um, in aviation, there's, there's like a moratorium for three weeks after an accident where a pilot can be, um, can't be prosecuted um, for, for mistakes that they've made um, so that um, the industry can really learn from what happened. Um, So, and, and so what that creates is that is why aviation is so safe, because globally, every single mistake or accident is reported, investigated and shared publicly. And and it's put into, you know, they have those checklists, don't they, that they have to sort of religiously go through. It's all incorporated into that. And it's a really open blameless culture and environment i mean obviously if there's real criminal activity they do get prosecuted but they have this sort of period where they can where they don't have that fear so they they can share that knowledge and you think that you're right you learn so much more you know if if we all know people who've sort of sailed through life never had any adversity never made a mistake and then Mm. when something does go wrong they can't handle it Mm because they're not they're not they're not used to it and I think yeah mistakes I don't think they have to define you but they they're part of that journey aren't they like I've learned to be a lot more accurate with my form filling (laughs) (laughs) or you're not allowed to order stationery I'm not allowed to order no actually no (laughs) one of my team does the stationery orders yeah because I still do that with online shopping. I'll order a quiche and I think it's a big one and it might look big on the screen and then it arrives and it's like one of those little individual ones. I, I, I'm laughing. Two highly expensive Lego sets arrived um, uh, just before Christmas as a present and I'd only, I thought I'd only ordered one, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did 
five kilos of bananas once rather than five bananas. So we were eating banana bread for quite a few weeks. (laughs) It's funny, but uh, I mean, it's, you know, we laugh about it now. And and some of the mistakes that I've made, I, I, um, I think about the time I made them. And the amount of times I've sort of got really sort of teary about making them or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. And it's the end of the world. And yeah. the mistakes that you dine out on those stories for years afterwards. You do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and like I was saying before, I think it gives you a, a level of vulnerability and people relate to that you know people want to help you most people there obviously are exceptions but most people they want to help you and and also if you go to somebody and you say look I've really cocked up and I need some help and you know I'm just laying myself bare here there's very little for them to come back to to come back to you with you know having a go at you you've already admitted the mistake there's there's nowhere else to go yeah um and I think you know I think it just people just appreciate that vulnerability and yeah and it's 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 just being honest about it isn't it I mean I had um an incident where we'd recorded some video and this was just at the 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 start of when people started to talk about accessibility and I've always been really keen that if we're doing anything visual then you know how can people access that and uh, making sure that we've got subtitles and uh, and what have you but again um uh, well i i won't say <laughs> when it was um but there was an incident where I, I got a call from a customer to say actually can you can you just go and check the subtitles at this period in the video and I said, well, if you could just share with me, you know, what it is, and I'll, I'll go and get it sorted. He said, no, no, can you can you look at it and just come back to me? I thought it was a bit strange. When I looked at it, um, Google had auto-corrected oh, God. Um, one of the, 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 the company name and had um, <laughs> auto-corrected it to something quite rude. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure protect the names of the innocent. And um, I remember my boss coming to me uh, uh, at my desk and saying, oh, Claire, I just need to talk to you about something or other. And I, I, I said, no, no, it, can that wait? So I was trying to be polite. He said, no, no, I need to talk to you about this. And I just turned my screen around. He went, go, go. And I'm not built for running. So I ran across the other side of the office to a very wonderful man who was responsible for, for a lot of our web stuff and said, I need you to look at this. Help me. I don't know how to fix it. I want to fix it quick. <laughs> he was so calm. It was unreal. Yeah. I, I mean, just a higher level of Zen. And, um, and and that was it. And he gave me advice as to, right, okay, well, this is this is what you do. You know, don't rely on Google. Um, get the lesson script. <laughs> Lessons learned. And, of course, it never happened again. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting over the years I've, I've interviewed for other organizations and when they tell me that they're proud about their customer story videos that's the first thing I do is go online and check and some of the mistakes that are there are hysterical but I'm able even if I'm you know not interested in the 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 role or um progressing it further or whatever I always go back to and say you know this is come up do you know and Mm -hmm. this is how you fix it just so that you know Mm. and 
it, and it's great because it just adds it just adds something so um you know at the end of of my sort of saga the customer was really really happy obviously that that had been fixed and again i think he'd taken screenshots so that he could amuse his colleagues um, which i was slightly mortified by um but it gave us um something you know we, we were um we didn't work with them on the advocacy piece uh, for a little while after because their story hadn't changed much, but he used to drop me an email every now and again and, and just have a laugh about it. Thankfully he was understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if I had been in a culture where you couldn't admit to your mistakes or if I had had a boss that was not reasonable or understanding or, you know, was punitive rather than having more of a growth mindset. Hmm. You know what would have what would that have looked like for the for the customer? What would have their experience been? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Is that that closed mindedness when you get people who just and I think probably for them it largely comes from their own insecurity because mm. they can't be seen to be wrong or to have anyone that they're connected with be wrong and and because and that's often I don't want to get too deep here, but maybe they're afraid of looking vulnerable because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. And I always say to the team here, you know there's those stories those mistakes that we make are great because yeah in an ideal world we'd like them not to happen but it's great because it means that we can then help our customers avoid those same mistakes so we can say you know look we know from painful experience that that's not a good idea and that's our role as an agency is to sort of help our clients avoid those pitfalls and you know, so we we take all those on and and sort of use that to build our own confidence. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it is a confidence thing, isn't it? I I think as well. I think to have the confidence, and again, you know, just being a product of the environments I've worked in, I've worked for some amazing people, mm-hmm. um, and I've had the benefit of some really good coaching uh, to, to let me know it's safe and that you know. I'm not going to lose my job job for, uh, you know, some sort of minor mistake or infraction um, and that it's, it's okay. And that's part of the grace process. And, yeah. and I think, you know, we have to model that for the people that we're around. It is. Yeah. And that's a really good word. And, and I, it's like with your kids though, isn't it? You know, you, you, you give your kids while you have boundaries, they also have this safe zone where, you know, you're like, yeah, we know it's all right to screw up because that's that's what you do, and this is the safe place to do that. I'm not sure I agree. My <laughs> uh, my son made me a cup of tea the other day and way too much milk. I yeah, I might have to milk say. levels in tea. It's you know, it's such a personal thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just a drip, just a drip. So he's now on a comprehensive training plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're now training him to be a barista. <laughs> My daughter, on the other hand, has really missed that she can make a really good cup of tea, so she gets asked more. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, so, so apart from uh, messing up the tea order, then anything else goes, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you've just got to focus on what's important in life, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, well, on that note, I think I think we're good, don't you? Brilliant, yeah. Yeah. That's really, I, that was really interesting. Thanks for listening. If you head over to Pink and Ginge on Instagram, you can see some clips from the podcast. Otherwise, catch you on the next episode.